Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week of Real Personal Finance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What's going on this week? Another listener question. All right. A good one. We haven't haven't had one uh, one like this for a little while. Um, Well, they're all good, but different. This one's especially good. It is. It might hit home for some of us here. It's home for some of us. Absolutely. Would you like to read the question? I'll read the question. Yeah. This question's from Michael. Michael says, hi guys, big fan of your show. My wife and I are expecting, and I want to start planning from a financial perspective. I'm considering a 529 plan. If I remember from a previous episode, you guys said you can start funding that before the child is born. I'm also looking into, into dependent care FSAs for childcare expenses. If a kid is due in July, does it make sense to wait and enroll in the dependent care FSA then? Are there any other investment vehicle options to consider? Or general suggestions on cash to have on hand once a child is in the picture? I'm basically looking for a financial one-on-one on what to expect when you're expecting. Thanks in advance for any of your thoughts. All right. And that is from Mike. Mike, thank you. Man, I think the title of this episode should be what to expect when you're expecting. I think you gave Finance it to us. That's great. There That's you go. Great. Well, uh, thanks, Mike. Scott, I'm going to join Mike here and ask the same question. I'm expect. Well, my wife is expecting. Well, you you, can, you can be too. I yeah. too am expecting. Mm-hmm. I guess this mm-hmm. this episode will be released. I think j- January. Yeah. So probably another couple, few more weeks. Maybe the babies come early. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe by the time we're listening to this, uh, baby's here. Exciting. So you're going to be on the hot seat a little bit. Well, All right. We both will be. Let's but do it. Mike and I are wondering what should we be expecting when we're expecting financially? Where do we even start to think about all that? Well, first things first, congratulations to you both. Thank you. Nothing cooler in my mind than getting to become a parent. It's so much fun. I can't wait to see how it is for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. I'm sure Mike's excited too. So I'm going to go ahead and echo his excitement there as well. Exactly. So, you know, he's asking some specific questions about types of accounts and things like that. Why don't we just go bigger picture for a second Mm -hmm. and just think like, well, what's going to change when the baby's born? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are we talking yes. about big picture or just financial here? <laughs> well, big picture, but also <laughs> we'll financial. talk about the financial side we'll, here. We'll look Maybe more through the... that financial lens. Yeah. Um, but like I I you know, cash flow, you which usually comes from us earning a living, is where the majority of, of financial anything we can do in finance is that's kind of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um so why don't we just think about it through that lens? You know, what does it does from a cash flow standpoint, does anything change when the baby's born? Yeah. In cash flow, just income coming in and expenses going out, I would have to think there could be significant changes there, right? Yeah. So so if we think about let's think about it from the income side of things. Maybe you have a, a dual income family where mm-hmm. both of you are working. If you're if it's in some type of corporate life and you've been there long enough and you qualify, there's probably some type of medical leave or like um 
a policy in place for first for when a parent when you when you have a child that you'll continue to get paid for a certain period of time when mm-hmm. there's no expect real expectation that you're working during that time, which is lovely because you have time to be a, get to be a family and start figuring this out. But what what exists and and how's cash flow going to be impacted? Or do you do your own type of work where maybe you're consulting or selling and you're not going to be selling during that time? And so now you're going to have a period of time when you need to use other resources on your balance sheet. Yeah. To because again, you want you want this time as a in my mind, you want this time as a family to help get settled in to the new life that you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If um. I mean, the, the question really is, is income going to change? Right. You know, if not, either because there's a maternity leave policy or paternity leave policy or whatever it is, then, yeah, you state know. Yeah, state disability policies too, right? Yeah. Like, like uh, Family Medical Leave Act or like different states have different policies in place. So, yeah. so if, look at all that. If that's going to continue, then great. Like whatever your, your income that you're budgeting for today, that will probably continue. But that's not going to be the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. I know my wife, for example, is not, she has stopped working now. And we'll probably, well, we'll certainly stay stopped working. So that's a cash flow thing. Like, okay, what needs a change in the budget? Because income's going down. Um, and that's the first side of it is the income side. But then also there's the expenses side. Of, yeah. Okay, there's a, there's another child, which doesn't mean there's just more food. I think I'm to put on the table. I am starting to realize how expensive that can be as, yeah. and, and I think you have a story to share on this too, but. It, there's a seemingly endless number of things that we have to buy if we want to be good, loving parents, it seems like. Mm-hmm. At least from my wife's side sometimes. And we'll have mm-hmm. some disagreements here mm-hmm. where I say, I don't know if we need that for the baby, if we need it for us, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of stuff you can buy. No, wants versus needs, especially for first-time parents, man, the marketers know how to turn the screws and make yeah. you feel like if you don't have everything that's top of the line, you're somehow a horrible parent. Uh, and actually, we, we were just before we started to hit record on this. I was mentioning to to James that my uh, it's the, you know it's the, uh, for us we're recording right now. It's the holidays, so one of my nephews is in town, which reminded me of it. But my uh, my oldest ne- the oldest nephew we have when he was born, I just remember that the family had to have everything, and it had to be perfect, and it had to be custom, and you know you needed like the stroller, and you had to have eight of everything, uh, and that just makes it expensive. But there's that's really a lot of wants over needs, uh, and the reason I know that is because his his brother, who's here right now, uh, also loved in the same family. At the time he was born, they were in the middle of remodeling a house, and so they were staying in a, a rental. And he lived the first few months of his life in a pack and play with a changing di- table on it, with some like Gerber onesies, you know. And he was totally fine. They're both good kids. <laughs> He lived so, to see another day. Huh? He lived to see another yeah. day. Yeah. So like sometimes we think about the expenses that are coming outside of like diapers. And, and if you're not going to breastfeed formula, uh, you know, there really there aren't that many that are really needs uh, yeah, outside of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think understanding what are wants and what are needs. And it's not bad to purchase those wants, but just be intentional because it can seem like at least I'm going to speak personally here. Oh, we're first-time parents. We need that new dresser. We need this crib, and we need these things. And then it's like, okay, the, our child's never going to remember any of these things. No. So, who is does our kid need them, or do we want them? And what we're yes. realizing is, okay, we want these things. And so, is that fine? Yeah, that's fine as long as we understand that. But there's the potential, like you're saying, Scott, to spend a whole lot of money in this scenario, or there's the scenario where you just get what's actually needed. Yeah. And Expenses maybe don't change all that dramatically. Yeah, don't. Yeah, and and the key is, just, 
know what's coming in, know if, if it's going to be tight or if it'll be fine and know whether or not what, you know, just, I think the key comes back to be intentional mm-hmm. and don't let other people steer you into what you need. You need, you as a couple can figure that out together. Yeah. Um, you know, from there, if you think of the income side, then you go to the expense side, which we just did touch on for kind of the once, mm-hmm. but outside of that, um, you might choose to, you know, get a bigger home or, you know, you might need to make bigger changes yeah. right now. Might, might, could be something that's happening. Yeah. You that know, happened for us. Studio apartment. You might want a one bedroom or a two bedroom. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We had a, we had a great little place. It was perfect for me and Ashlyn. And then we're like, okay, this is not going to be perfect when, uh, when there's a child and then a second child and maybe a third child, it's just, we're going to outgrow this very quickly. So, you know, it's not like an expense that we think of in the traditional sense of diapers or baby food or whatever, but you have to look at life and how that's going to change of, do we need a bigger home? Do we want to move closer to family? Do we want to, whatever it is, just start thinking about how is this going to impact our life? Because that's, you know, when you look at most people, when they talk about what are your goals? You know, it's okay. Financial freedom, buying a home, sending kids to school. Mm-hmm. Well, two out of three of those have to do with kids in yeah. many cases of a bigger home for family and, and college for, for, for children. So how will your life be impacted as a result of having a child, even in an indirect way, because of some of the lifestyle changes that are made? Absolutely. You know, and the other thing that that um, brought up to me uh, was that well, yes, a lot of expenses can go up. Some expenses might go down mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What might those be? Well, you Don't might, tell me the fun ones. You might, you might not go out on, on date nights uh, out to eat as often okay. as you were. Although you might order more takeout now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so the DoorDash so could, bills will go up. go up or down, right? It's it's mm-hmm. kind of dependent. It's interesting. When I th- look back on it and think about it, I don't think our expenses really changed all that dramatically. I think the only thing that really changed, because we already owned our home, the only thing that really changed was Amanda did go back to work after being home for four months, and we decided to have um, a nanny stay home with with Lucas, who is amazing and is actually still in our lives to this day. Um, but that was obviously a big change. <laughs> I you're talking about Lucas is still in your lives to this day. So I, I hope so. The nanny, okay. But Paula is still in our life to this day as well. She's she's amazing, but um. But that was obviously a big change from an expense standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's another important one to talk about is nanny can be a very daycare, big nanny, daycare. If you if you expense. have two working parents yeah. and you don't have family nearby who wants to watch your child all the time. Yeah. Um that and you know, that can be its own thing. That could be a whole episode with a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Having family watch for free or have someone to do it. Um, but that that is a big big component of this. Yeah, awesome. So that's a high level overview of how cash flow, income, and expenses will change. What else? So it's, there's some new investment options or savings options that are going to exist now that you have a child, right? Should we go over those? Yeah, I mean those were the big ones for like things to at least for me for things to think through when you're going to have a child. Um, I guess the other thing we could think about it you. <laughs> You will start potentially getting some credits on your tax return, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I guess we're going to talk through finance. There mm-hmm. are some there are some child credits that exist now based on income thresholds. Uh, if you're under, I think it's like 400,000 or 450,000 is where it phases out. So most people are going to get some type of credits yeah. um, as well. Yeah. But then when you think about what you can do to help with um, this little one being here, uh, Mike had a few questions. He first mentioned the 529s. So maybe we could just chat that one through a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, 529 plan is is a college savings plan. So it's a way that if you want to be saving for college and you want to start investing money for that, the 529 plan is is an option. Maybe probably the most popular. There's some pros and cons, but it's an option for saving for college in the sense that any money you contribute to that, depending upon which state you live in, you may or may not get some state income benefits for doing so. There's no federal tax benefits, but you might get some state benefits depending on your state. The real benefit to a 529 plan is as that money grows, you're not paying any taxes on the growth. And if you use the money for qualified educational expenses, that money is also tax-free. So it's kind of like a Roth IRA where you're not necessarily getting tax benefits on the front end to put money in, but it grows tax-free and comes out tax-free if it's being used for college purposes. Yep. Mike asked a specific question about funding before. Um, There are little ones even here. The answer is yes, you can do that because you can name anyone as, so you'll be the grantor, Mike, or your wife will be, but you can name anyone as the beneficiary. So you can name yourself as a beneficiary to the 529 and start saving to it right now. And then you can change the beneficiary to your child once they're here and you have a social security number Mm -hmm. to make that change. So you're welcome to do that anytime you wish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't. You, as you're mentioning, your child obviously can't be the beneficiary today. There's no social. Can't be yet. There's uh, yes, but you can start it just with that workaround that Scott's talking about of open it in your name or someone else's name, and then make that switch when your child is born. Yeah, and just a reminder of why you might want to do a 529 when they're your little ones are younger. It's just time value of money again. I know we've talked about it many times on the show, but just letting money work on top of itself. Uh, the more we can put away when our little our kids are young and little, the more likely we are to hit the goals we want to achieve. The later we wait to fund those goals, the more we have to put in to fund those goals because the money doesn't get to earn as much for us. The money doesn't earn as much for us. And a lot of times if someone's coming to me and they say, hey, my child is 15 years old or 16 years old, um, let's get a 529 plan started. It's kind of like there's there's maybe not a huge reason, especially like, in California. There's, there's no like tax benefits, to no benefit at that point because you're actually putting money at risk that you're going to need in a short time frame. Yeah, and it, there's there's just number one, there's not enough years for you to probably want to invest aggressively. You want to be pretty conservative because yeah. you need that money soon. And then number two, if you're pretty conservative, it means there's probably not much growth, and if there's not much growth, there's not much. Uh, sheltering of taxes that the 529 plan can even even offer. Yeah. So it is one of those plans where the earlier you use it, the better, because that's where the most benefits actually come from. Little mini pro tip though, because a lot of people are going to want to send you a lot of gifts when your baby's born. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want them to be clogging up your house, you could, uh, when you send a baby announcement, say in lieu of gifts, feel free to gift to this 529 account. Yeah. Get that sucker funded by other people. Other it's people great, right? contributions. <laughs> doesn't have to be you. You can also do that at first birthdays and second birthdays and third birthdays. Some people have to bring a gift because that's who they are as people. But if you let them let it known that you want to help make sure college is funded. Yeah. If you really care about my child's education, please yes. donate to this instead. Yes. Please do this instead of yeah. giving them something from Fisher Price. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Um, what about dependent care FSAs? Mike mentioned that as well. Yeah, my my big question is going to be a big. It depends, and that it's going to be dependent upon: Are you going? You know, will your wife or will you be going back to work before the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Because in order to have a dependent care FSA account, you both have to be working, um, and then you want to be funding that to pay for expenses that are for 
dependent care. So whether it's paying a daycare service or you hire uh, a nanny directly, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you have the funds there to pay for that. Right. Right. And what that does, it just means that if you're funding those expenses with FSA money, it's a tax deduction essentially, because you get to reduce your taxes for whatever you contribute. And then you pay for those expenses with pre-tax money. So whatever your tax rate is, it's you're saving that amount with and those to contributions. Because uh, I'm sure no one would do anything that's not to the uh, dotting all I's and crossing all T's. But if someone not. had a nanny that they were perhaps not paying uh, above board, but were paying under the table, you would not use a dependent care FSA. Because mm-hmm. um, that you have to prove who you're paying and why. Mm-hmm. It has to be there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that is a good point. If you're paying cash for a nanny, then this is not going to be a benefit to you. The last component there is dependent care FSA is similar to the old uh, medical FSAs, which still exist, where if you don't use it, you lose it Mm -hmm. in that year. So you don't want to be funding something and then not be able to use it. Yep. Yeah. And there's a couple of other accounts we're going to talk about now, but I would say those are the two big ones where where you're looking at special accounts that you have. It's either an account that's going to save you money on taxes as you grow money for some future goal, like college, which is what the 529 plan does, or it's an account that's going to allow you to save money on taxes for current expenses, like um, childcare type expenses, which is where the dependent care FSA comes in. Now, there are other account types that potentially you might want to be utilizing not that are just unique to having a a new child, but what are some other account types that people might want to think about with a newborn? Well, another thing that I would think about, um, and in this instance, they may already have, so it doesn't mention the type of insurance that they have, but when I ever think of uh, employee benefits, um, you know, we just mentioned they might have a medical FSA, but the other question would be, would they have an HSA? Because if, if you may have been, you know, in, in this instance, probably not the case, but if you were single and then you had a child, well, you just weren't able to, you just doubled the amount you can save into an HSA account throughout the year. Right. Right. So that'd be something to be mindful of because it's another place we can save for retirement, but also for today kind of has the triple tax benefit. I know we've had previous episodes on HSAs, but I'd think about that. Um, and then uh, another thing people could save too would be a, a uniform gift to minor account or a Uniform trust to minor account, UGMA or UTMA, um, which aren't always the the top top choice of, I know you and I, but it, it's mm-hmm. another place that um, they could look. Yeah. Yeah. It's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So those are some, you know, that, that those are accounts that you can use with children um, or without children sometimes, but to, to maximize tax effectiveness of where you're putting your dollars. We talked about cash flow changes. I think the only thing remaining is, is Scott, if you want to give us a top 10 lessons of being the perfect father to wrap this, uh, this episode up real mm-hmm. quick, we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, can, I can do, I can do that. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I will give one piece of advice, which is just to, um, to, for, for you and Ashland is to extend each other grace, uh, when you become parents, cause you're figuring this out together and there's no playbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you have to figure out what's right for you. Uh, the other thing I would say to that is like the thing that, that, I will say that my wife did best was she didn't try to micromanage me doing caring for the little one and vice versa. And I think that's really important because everyone has their own way, but you have to help each other find your own way. If that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. rather than trying to tell each other how to do things. Yeah. You do that. Um, I think you'll find this really good. Oh, and the other thing is like, I, uh, 
don't think of uh, sometimes we can get into the habit of thinking like oh it's your turn turn to watch so and so or it's my turn to watch so and so it almost becomes like a babysitting thing mm-hmm. no no you're you're there to parent parent together mm-hmm. wow <laughs> do that you're good to go put you on the hot seat and you came up with three three bangers there you go well, we were, i was like we were just chatting about it the other night with oh. another family friend who's about who's, same, so you're ready path. you're ready with this yeah it was fresh top of mind yeah mm-hmm. awesome um well you know, as the episode title is going to imply, this is kind of financial one-on-one, 101, so no, nothing super, super in-depth here, but just a general overview on what to expect when you're expecting. Any other thoughts, though, on this? Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is to realize that outside of the big change of maybe you're getting a bigger place, and obviously there's some type of health, of, of care that needs to happen for the child, figuring that out. Um, I don't actually think it's as big of a change financially as it is a change of just the family. Mm-hmm. So I'd focus on that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mike, congratulations on expecting and thank you for for your question and for listening. Yes. And congrats to you too, man. I can't wait for you thank to be you. a dad. Thank you. Me too. So with that, we will see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.